Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe I have a word of the Lord for us this morning. Um, yesterday, you know, God began to speak to me about, you know, uh, the season that we have come into, you know, and so, you know, and it was, I was so excited because when, when he just spoke to me this morning and said, I've come to move you forward, he just confirmed what the Lord had been speaking to me, you know, late. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, when I was praying yesterday, the Lord, you know, took me to um, Joshua chapter 3. So let's have Joshua chapter 3 this morning. That's where we'll be speaking from. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. Say we have come to the season of spiritual migration. Say that again. I've come to the what? Of what? Spiritual migrations. One more time. That is, that is so crucial. Spiritual migration is so crucial to the identity of the church. Hallelujah. There are, there are few things that the church is. You know, there are many things that the church does. But there are few things that the church is. Oftentimes we confuse what the church does with what the church is. And there has to be a demarcation. Am I making sense? Let me give you an example. A university, there is something that a university must be. What it is, right? And there are other things that university does. Let me give you an example. A university is a place of learning, right or wrong. That is its primary identity. It's a what? A place of learning and research. Let's put that one. That research part is not strong in Nigeria. But university is a place of what? Learning and what? And research. Most of some of these invention, inventions you see in the world, in science, STEM especially, so they come out from the academics, the people doing research and all those things. You know, in fact, some, some universities you see people called research fellows, so they hire them specifically for research in a specific area. And that's how you move civilization forward. Amen. That's what a university world is. But a university oftentimes has a most universities have cafeterias, don't they? Where people go to what? Is a university a cafeteria? No. But it has a what? A cafeteria. The university has a car park for people to do what? To park their cars. But the university is not a car park. It, that car park is not a core function of a university. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, in defining the church, you see people bring so many things that the church does as the identity of the church. No. For example, people will say a church is a hospital where you bring people who are sick to and then, you know, they get healed. And that is true. Hallelujah. But if you look at the core identity of the church, it is just one of the things the church does, not what the church is. Hallelujah. The reason why we're saying this is so that we can really separate what is the core identity of the church from other functions of, so that we don't major on the minor and minor on the major. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? It's like saying that the role of the father in the house is to watch TV. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you ask a child, that is all they know their father to do. The father just is the one who comes in in the evening, puts his leg on the stool, and do and does what and watches TV. <laughs> there was a little girl on, that I saw online. They were asking him, "What is your father's name?" He said, "Baba Rebecca." So, what's your mother's name? He said, "Mama Rebecca." That's what she's heard them call themselves. Hallelujah, Amen. So, you know, the church is a company on pilgrimage that is at the very core of what the church is say the church is a company on pilgrimage that is very core to us our purpose is not to you know people misunderstand the concept of occupy the earth to mean that this is where our hope and our posterity lies no it is not. 
while we must occupy the earth, you know, and engage the systems, am I making sense? And fulfill purpose here and live a full life here by all ramifications, our hope is not here. Scripture says, if in this world we all we have is hope, he said we are of all men, the what? Most miserable. So we must be able to demarcate that. Very core to the identity of the church is spiritual what? Migration. That is true for you individually and it's also true for us what? Corporately. It means that as a Christian, your life must be, as the scripture says, like the path of the righteous that shines what? Brighter and brighter onto what? So there must be incremental progress in your life. If that is not happening, something is wrong somewhere. If there is no increase in the knowledge of God, if there is no increase in spirituality, and, I'm, and I don't, by spirituality, I don't mean Jim Jimism, you know? <laughs> you know people who are, you call them spiritual Jim Jim, but they are, they are just ephemeral. The true mark of spirituality is what? Is the fruit of the spirit. Is the love for God. Is the passion for God. That's the true hallmark of spirituality. The love of God is increasing in your heart. You can forbear. You are, you, you know, you, you are patient. You are kind. First Corinthians 13, you know, that is the mark of spiritual maturity. Then you are constantly detached from the things that men are trapped by in this world. Your sense of belonging, your sense of you know your, your purpose in life your hope and aspiration is not tied to this world you are increasing in possessions you are increasing in your career you are climbing the career ladder things are working but your hope and your life is not invested in those things am i making sense am i making sense you know yesterday yesterday i was driving and I, I need to, I need to, I need to, I had to do a, a resetting because now, now you're back, you're back in Nigeria. And I was telling God, so it started when I was praying in the morning, I was telling God, I said, God, by human standards, I'm a very comfortable person. You know, by human standards, I have a good job and I'm not doing badly by human standards, I'm not making it, but I'm very discontent. I was telling God in the morning, I said, God, I'm very I'm very dissatisfied. And I was like, the reason why I'm dissatisfied is because of this country. It's because of the people that I live in. And I started praying for this country. I started praying for Nigeria. Not only for government, but for we as a people. There is a high sense of discontentment. I'm supposed to be happy, right? Because I'm one of the lucky few but I am deeply, deeply dissatisfied. And I realize that most people are not like that. Which is the reason why I began to pray for Nigerians. Because Nigerians prefer that they are the only one that's successful in the midst of many. If you even want to climb the ladder, they will punch you back. I was telling my wife this point that I saw on Twitter somebody saying that he likes this new administration's policies. Say because it has finally separated the boys from the men. So now we know those who are truly rich and those who have been pretending to be rich. What kind of mindset is that? What kind of mindset is that? That is a cruel mindset. And a lot of Nigerians have that mindset. Hallelujah. A lot of us have it. Some of us have it without even knowing by reason of growing in the midst of this kind of environment. Something just happens to you. Before you know it, you are self-centered. You are for self-preservation. Before you know it, you are manifesting the same things that these people manifest. So you must be careful. We must not, only, we must not point accusing figure. We must examine our own selves too. Our own heart too. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? We must do what? Examine ourselves. We must examine ourselves. We must examine our heart. So I was saying that the path of the righteous must what? Must in, there must be an incremental progress. This is core to you 
this is not something you can your sense of you know your your your, your marking scheme should not be oh i've prayed this morning or i pray every morning that is good and that is important am i making sense but there are many people who pray every morning but the vindictiveness in their heart is stronger every morning as they are praying every morning their sense of self-aggrandizement their selfishness their betrayal mindset is also renewed every morning nothing touches that even the message of a pastor doesn't touch it if a pastor tries they will go to pastor and say pastor what you preach today please be very careful otherwise i'll take my tithe and offering from this church pastor will say we are sorry sir we're sorry say because all that thing you are talking how do you think i've been the tithe i've been paying well, how do you think i've been seeing it say pastor to regulate i say god will bless you anyhow change the message hallelujah there must be an engaging there must be a continuous dislodging of the carnal nature. John put it in this way. He said, he must increase and I decrease. That is the mark of Christian growth. Christ must increase. My understanding of him must increase. My love for him must increase. My passion for the things of him must what? Must increase. I must be consistently detached. The glory of this world must be progressively dim, while the glory of the glorious gospel must be progressively bright in my eyes. So when I wake up in the morning, my sense of motivation progressively becomes doing the will of God. Am I making sense? And then I'm not judging my seasons based on what men say. I'm judging my seasons based on what God is saying. Hallelujah. To men, I may look like I'm in the same spot for many years. But in the spirit, I'm flying very high. And I'm excited because I can see what I am in the spirit, not what I am in the natural. Am I making sense? That is the hallmark of spiritual growth. We must be recalibrated. So, spiritual migration helps us to move further into God. Moves further into God. Spiritual migration moves us away from Egypt and moves us what? more into the promised land the place of our purpose am i making sense am i making sense this morning so it is so important say so it is important that we must migrate spiritually absolutely important it is important for us individually and it's also important for us what corporately hallelujah hallelujah initially i thought i was going to teach about um, the initial title I had for today was God's Elite Squad, you know, and the idea was to show us how God sees the church, the church in the eyes of God. What, what, when Christ said, upon this rock, I will build my church, not the church, my church. What was he trying to, what idea did he have in his mind when he was saying that? It means that he has seen something in the spirit. Am I making sense? He has a blueprint in the spirit and he wanted to build that blueprint on a specific foundation. Am I making sense? So when he said, upon this rock I will build my church, what was Christ seeing? If you and I can see what Christ was seeing or is seeing, then we can know, okay, this is where we need to make adjustment to become what he wants us to become. Am I making sense? Amen. But we'll do that probably next week or probably week. Amen. But the point I want to draw from is that there is a church that is in the eyes of God. There is a what? There is a church that is what? That's why we sang that song, that Lord, we want to be the church that you would desire. The light to be seen. Because there are many churches that does not carry the desire in the heart of God. The ministry of the Antichrist, go and study the scriptures. John said, he said, the Antichrist came out from us. <laughs> People are expecting Antichrist to come from government. He said, the Antichrist spirit did what? He said, it came out from us. He said, and because even though it was with us, it is not of us. Hallelujah. So it's possible to be within these four walls and you are anti-God in every ramification. It's absolutely possible. 
people who people people who claim they are close to God sometimes are the fathers to him. God must show us mercy. Hallelujah. That's why he scripture says in Romans 10 said, say, consider yourself. Whether what? Whether it's your sin. Say, check, check the pattern in your life and check the pattern in the scriptures and see whether they correlate. Hallelujah. Say spiritual migration is called to our identity. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 3, very quickly. Then Joshua arose early in the morning and set out from Acacia Groove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over verse 2. So it was after three, somebody said after three days that the officers went through the camp, verse 3, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the what? The ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the what? And the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and do what? And go after. So the key to spiritual migration is what? Sight. Seeing. You see, but you will not appreciate that scene if I don't give you this background. Now, these people, this set of people that Joshua and the officers were speaking to, a lot of them have been in the wilderness. For many, many years. In fact, minimum 20 years. By my calculation, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm correct. Minimum 20 years. Because when God was putting the cost, God was saying that everyone 20 and above will not enter the promised land. Amen. So if anyone then that was 19 was safe <laughs> and they spent 40 years in the world, in the world. so my plus or minus 19, you know, Let's say 30 years, 35 years, concerning the time that God spoke that word, let's minus 5, 10 years. So you, you sort of reckon that some of these people had stayed in the wilderness 30 years by that time. 30 years. They have been used to the life of the wilderness. Am I making sense? The reason why they stayed that long is because the generation of their fathers and mothers could not believe God to enter the promised land. After God tried so much, I mean, we covered this when we we're talking about citing the kingdom, entering the kingdom, entering the promised land. Some of you go and get back, get those tapes. Amen. So this set of people, they told God, no, God did everything to bring them into the promised land. And they said what? No, we prefer the cucumbers and the garlic and everything in, in Egypt. Why? Because of the challenges that they saw in the promised land. And God had no choice to say, you know what? You guys should dive in the wilderness. And I'm going to raise a generation in place of you that will do what? That will move into the promised land. So this new generation that is about to enter the promised land now lived in the midst of a generation that did not want to enter the promised land. Does that look like Nigeria right now to you? That while the young people are agitating for a change of status quo, there are still some people who want the old order to remain at all costs. The old order which represents getting to power at all costs. He said, get there first. And let's pray that they now do the right thing. But there's a new order that says that the path to the place is as important as getting to the place. <laughs> Amen. That's the new order. That's the, and sometimes the people who are agitating for the new get stuck with those who don't want the new. What do you do? That's the challenge before each and every one of us. Both as a country and even as Christians. What do you do when you are stuck? What do you do when the people who don't want change are in the majority? What do you do? What do you do when those who don't want this country to change for the better... They are the ones that have access to power right now. And they have their, their disciples in their numbers too. And your effort seems to make no sense or make no impact because it seems they are larger than you. Or they have resources more than you. Or they have access and connections by which they pervert justice more than you. How do you retain the fire for the new in the midst 
of a generation that is not willing to move forward. That was the challenge this generation had to face. So they had to struggle. Their fight of faith on a daily basis was to keep the hope of the promised land alive. To say that we will not die in this wilderness like our fathers did. So they had to trust God for the birthing of a new hope. And they had to disbelieve the submissions of their father. Because what their father would have told them is that we are dying in this wilderness and so are you. Hallelujah. Their fathers did not encourage them and say, my children, you know, we, we couldn't take the sons of Anak and all those guys, those giants in the promised land, but I believe that you will do it. Be strong, my son. Was there anything like that? No. There was nothing like that. There was no encouragement from the old generation. God had to do it himself. And those people had to arise themselves. People like, jo- people like Joshua and Caleb for 40 years they had to keep the vision alive. Look at the level of spiritual warfare. Just them in the midst of these people. They had to guard their own hearts so that they don't slide into unbelief. So that what they are seeing, their reality around, the physical reality doesn't become the anchor of their hope. Say, everybody has tabernacle. Me too, let me go and tabernacle. Everybody, have, they are now building me. We are still living in tent. Because we are hopeful of spiritual migration. Some other person is building five-story building. They have created garden. They have settled. Maybe me too, I should go and settle. That was the warfare. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? I hope I'm making sense. That was the warfare. That's also the warfare for you. Everything is fighting that hope. Everything is fighting that resolve. Those things that God has spoken to you, something is, everything is fighting it. But you must draw strength from within to keep what? To keep that hope alive. That was what this generation did. And that was why they could respond to the voice of Joshua. Hallelujah. He said, and they commanded the people saying that when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go what? After. This site is different from all the previous sites. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know why? Because previously, every time the Ark of the Covenant arises, all it does is to lead the people in circles in the wilderness. Am I making sense? Scripture said that God had to lead them in circles until the last of them fell in the wilderness. But right now, there is a new mandate. And the new mandate is not to go in circles any longer, but to do what? To cross the Jordan. Somebody say it's time to cross the Jordan. Say it with me. It's time to cross the Jordan. Say this commandment, this instruction, is different from the previous ones. This one is not an instruction of maintenance in the wilderness. It's not an instruction of what? It's not an instruction of maintenance. It's an instruction of taking over the promised land. It's an instruction to cross Jordan. And so it is important for you to see. To see. To see here, the word see there is the word to discern. To discern. To come into understanding. Hallelujah. Give me that scripture. Um, is it First Kings? Where Elijah was speaking to Elijah, and he said that, um, you know, that's the example I want to use. We're speaking to Elijah that if you see me taking up, is it verse 18? So the story, how many of us know the story when Elijah was going to be taken up? How many of us know that story? You know, the sons of the, the, sons of the prophets came to Elijah and said, Man of God, man of God, we greet you, man of God. Now call servant of the man of God. Come, come, let's, let's have a word with you. Say, do you know your master will be taken from you this morning? He said, of course I know. They all had spiritual revelation. But only one person was doing something about it. Am I making sense? Only one person came to the realization 
there it is time for a generational shift. That the time, this time around, is different. There is a this is a season of a change of God. Only one person could discern it. Hallelujah. You know, and then his response, what was Elijah's response to that understanding? He began to follow Elijah. Elijah said, God has sent me to Gilgal. He said, I will follow you. He said, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Elisha said, as the Lord lives and his soul lives, I will not leave you. That is reacting out of what? Discernment. It is the season of change of God. Something must happen. Something is about to drop and I want to be available for it. Hallelujah. And then he went on and on and on and on. And after they've crossed the Jordan, in the presence of Elijah, Elijah removed his cloak, smote Jordan, the, 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 the river parted, and they walked through it. And then when they came to the other side of Jordan, Elijah said, what do you want me to do for you? Seeing that word, I'll soon be taken away from you. And what did Elijah say? He said, I want the what? The double portion of what? Of your anointing. Amen. And what did Elijah say? He said, you have asked. So it was when he had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit do what? Be upon me. Verse 10. So, so he said, you have asked what? A hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Said so the key was seeing. Say, so if you see me, the anchor for the change you are seeking, that we are all seeking, is sight. What do you see? Some of you, as you are seated here, as you are seated there, what are you? Is there an expectation to see? Or this is just a session where somebody just preaches for a few minutes and then after that we share the grace and we go home. Many people are seeking God for divine intervention. Very few people prepare for it. And the church, if there's anything the church has a master's degrees in, it has a master's degree in not knowing how to prepare for the move of the Spirit. Everything is just jamboree and business as usual. Nobody is discerning. Nobody is skillful in the spirit. Nobody can track the word of the Lord. Nobody can prepare for it. Nobody is waiting. Nobody is waiting. Hallelujah. Have you heard a story of people that say that? Said it's going to rain this morning. Two farmers. He said it's going to rain. It has not rained for a long time, but it's going to rain today. One went to his house. And go and start. The other one went to the field and began to what? Prepare his land. Which one of them believed? Preparation. Preparation. Preparation is key to sight. Sight doesn't just jump on you. <laughs> it doesn't just jump on you. You must prepare for it. You must put your house in order. You must do what? You must put your house in order. You must prepare. You must prepare. This is the season to prepare. And preparation is what the word that came to us this morning. Make incremental progress. That's your preparation. That's your word for preparation. Make incremental what? Progress. You want to see the move of God in this season? Make incremental progress. That's your preparation. Elisha prepared. He followed Elijah everywhere he was going. He wasn't like the sons of the prophets. They had the same information. They knew by discernment that Elijah was taken away. But none of them did anything. Hallelujah. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees one day. He said, if, if, if there is a wind, if, if a wind blows from the south, so you're going to say it's a fair weather. I think it's in Luke. Give me that scripture, please. Say so it's in the morning. If you see the wind blowing a certain way, say so you can immediately say, "Oh, it's going to be fair weather today." 
or the wind is blowing from the side, it's going to say, ah, it's going to be far with that. He said, you can discern the seasons of the natural, but you can't discern the times of the Son of Man. And Jesus used the word hypocrites for them. He said, ye hypocrites, you can discern the seasons of the day, but you can't discern the time of the sons of man. Unfortunately, that is the way a lot of Christians, that's the position we are. That's the position we are. That's the position we are. We've entered September, right? Some people right now, they have started the ministration of Ember Months. Signs of the natural. Takes four months to the end of the month. These four last months, ha! They begin to say all kinds of things. Because they all sorts of things. No, it's not the one in Matthew. There's another one in, I think, Luke. Amen. They are saying Ember Months now. By the time it's December now, it will be what? January. Some people have not crossed over to a new year in the realm of the spirit in the last 10 years. Because there hasn't been spiritual migration. But every year they celebrate Happy New Year, Happy New Year. You can discern the signs of the natural. We are completely oblivion of the movement of the spirit. Discernment. He said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, Oh, a shout. You can sense, you can look at the cloud. And once the cloud is black, he said, it's going to rain very soon. He said, verse 55. He said, and when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be what? Hot weather. And you're correct. Absolutely right. There is. He said, hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it you do not discern this time? How is it that you are not, you know, you can't open your ears and see that this is a new time and a new season. We have come to the season of spiritual migration. You know, I checked the word hypocrites there and it means, it means a pretender. And that word that was used that surprised me, he calls it an interpreter. Hallelujah. How many of us have seen somebody preaching somebody interpreting you know if you don't hear of course the reason for interpretation is because some people don't understand the language that the main person is speaking right but have you seen some interpreters that when they hold on to the job as though they are the owners of the revelation they will explain it even beyond what the actual man of God who prayed that and most of those interpreters they don't have any sense of spiritual consecration. Their own is just to be a voice, to just interpret. They don't carry the same burden as the man of God carries. Am I making sense? But when they begin to interpret, they will say beyond what even the man of God has said. <laughs> There's one funny one my wife and I used to laugh about. Amen. Hallelujah. Interpreters, they carry the voice, but not the mandates. Their voice is amplified, but there is no sacrifice. That's the word hypocrite there. No substance in the spirit. No sacrifice. No commitment to the cause. But they are everywhere jumping. Perhaps it is time to get substance. It is time to break up the fallow ground. When you see the ark of the covenant, it is time for movement. It is time for what? For spiritual. Somebody say it is time for discernment. Is there anything you and I should pray for in this season is for discernment. Ask God what time is it? Because your profiting in this season is anchored on your discernment. That was what the, the older generation of the children of Israel could not understand. They did not understand that even though those children, those sons of Anak had dwelt in the, in, in, in the promised land, that land flowing with milk and honey, for hundreds of years, the time and the season have changed. As far as it was, 
in God's calendar, God had defeated all those guys and has handed over that land to the children of Israel. They did not understand that there has been a change of time. No discernment. No discernment. And because there was a lack of understanding and discernment, they rebelled against the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? We, it is a time for what? For discernment. Go back to Joshua 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 3. And they commanded the people, saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and do what? And go. You must be ready. You must be ready. You must be ready to set out from where you are. You must be ready to do what? To set out from what? What has constituted the status quo? You must rebel against it in your life. Is that season? Oh, ah, this weakness. Ah, this weakness has been with me for 15 years. It has become me. No. This is the season to rebel against the status quo. This is to say that why, what, why, why can't I grow in the spirit? You need to question yourself. You need to question some things in your life. Why can't me? Why can't I increase in the knowledge of God? Why? Why am I stuck in this level? What is going on? You need to begin to question the things that you are comfortable and familiar with. Things that have put a measurement or a bar. On your identity. You need to begin to question it. I can grow in the spirit. I can grow in grace. I can understand the mysteries of God. I can grow deeper in God. I can understand the I can become more passionate than I am. Begin to question. That is your readiness to migrate. Say this place has become uncomfortable for me. Praying 30 minutes, it has become uncomfortable for me. Begin to question this. Why can't I stay in God's presence for five hours? The people who are doing it, do they have three heads? Begin to question the status quo. That is your readiness to migrate. You must pack your bags. You must pack up your tents. You must become uncomfortable with the things you have become comfortable with. You must ask yourself the question, why is not, why, why am I the only one that is vibrant in my family? Why am I the only one seeking after God? No, this fire must spread across my children, my wife, my husband, my father and mother, my siblings. Everyone must receive this fire of the spirit. The kingdom must have preeminence. It must grow. Begin to question the things that you are comfortable with. That is the readiness. That shows that you are ready to migrate. Hallelujah. 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 Begin to question it. Begin to question it. Begin to say, Lord, this influence must grow. I must talk. My neighbor must know about the gospel. How can I be greeting my neighbor every day? We're staying for one year. There's no influence. There's no interference. Nothing. Nothing is colliding over the atmosphere. No, I want to start dropping spiritual bombs in the atmosphere. Something must give way. Some of you, you've written off yourselves concerning, you, you, you can't just imagine yourself. If I say to Sandra and Ada, you are going to be a pastor in this church. I'm sure there is a war that thing will probably be doing in your head. No, you can't be and you can be much more. Am I making sense? You must fight the things that have put a limit to your life. Some of you, you've never imagined, if, if, if you've even tried to imagine it, that you are this prosperous person and not just only in possession, in possessions, you are prosperous physically, financially, and you can give everything. Ah, I want to be comfortable. Let me just be comfortable. What? The people who have billions, do they have three heads? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I making sense this morning? You say, ah, it's very difficult to find a good man. No, this is our generation. 
say, oh, Corinthians, turn. You too, you believe that you are kind on your head. Say, God, just give me any man, just any man. Even if he does the barest minimum, what kind of mindset is that? What kind of mindset is that? Hallelujah. You should rebel against those things. Say, my background is uh, polytechnic or uh, teaching college. So, so what? How does that exclude you from getting to some certain heights? Am I talking to somebody this morning? You must rebel against the things that you are comfortable with. You must. It is the time for spiritual migration. If you are doing business, begin to see your business big. That is the purpose of God. For you to expand. So you will expand to the right and what? And to the left. The only difference is that you are going to do it with righteousness. You are not going to compromise along the way. But you will be big anyway. Am I making sense? Shake away small mindedness. Shake away mediocrity. Shake away the things that limit you. That limits the potential and the purpose of God in your life. It is time to evolve. How many of us have, have studied metamorphosis before? When the butterfly is in the pupal stage. Apologies to, you know, a butterfly. That beautiful butterfly that you see flying around. It has four stages. There's the egg, there's the larva, there's the pupa, and there's the adult stage. At the pupa stage, the thing is, it looks as if it's dead. Locked up in a cocoon. No movement, nothing. If you look at it, this thing is dead. But life is what is growing on the inside. And there is a critical part. When the butterfly is ready to emerge from inside the pupa, it begins to use its, its hind legs, those tiny hind legs. It begins to use it to push. It begins to push. As it is pushing, that thing is circulating. I don't know their own equivalent of blood. There's a fluid that circulates their body. Fluid begins to go into that leg and it begins to strengthen it. It begins to strengthen it. So a scientist conducted an experiment. And in that experiment, they had a butterfly that was pushing by itself and another one was assisted. When it was time to push, when they sensed that it was time for it to push out, they cut off the head of that pupa for the butterfly to come out. And when the butterfly came out, it could not fly. But the one that pushed through itself, when it came out, it was able to fly. And they studied that the process of pushing it is what circulates that fluid to its wings, to its leg, and energizes all those parts that is needed for flying. But because they cut off the other one, they, op- they helped him to open it. It has not gone through the process of pushing so there is all those wings and everything just became useless. Hallelujah. God wants you to push because it's time for you to fly. Don't wait for somebody to say, God, come and cut off. No, no, no. You are going to push. I've never seen a woman cry. Say, woman, please help me. Help me. I can. No, you push. Because you have strength to do what? To push. There is strength inside of you. And it's the season to push. It is the season to make incremental progress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's time to push. Say it again. It is time to what? To push. What's my final thought this morning? Go to verse 4. You say, yet... There shall be a space between you and it. Between what? Between the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant and the what? And the rest of the people. He say about 2,000 cubits by what? By measure. He said, do not come near it that you may what, sir? What is the purpose of not coming near? Say it with me. Say it with me. That you may know the way 
which you must what? Go. For you have not water. Pass this way. What does that mean? Pastor has explained this. I thank God, you know. God has used her to explain this very well. The, the space signifies reverence in the spirit. It signifies what? Reverence. Don't be familiar with the things of the spirit. Say to your neighbor, don't be familiar with the things of the spirit. Say, many people said, we've heard this thing over and over and over again. It's now sounding like, it's now sounding cliched. This is not a season to be familiar. This is a season to take the word of God like your life depends on it because your life depends on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said earlier that that rising of the ark is different from every other one that has risen before. Because every time the ark has risen, they've been moving in what? In circles. But this time around, there is a different movement. This one is to cross the Jordan. Everything God has spoken to you, be careful. Be careful. Go back to them and take them and write them on the tablets of your heart. And write them on the tablets of your heart. That is what is going to give you the energy to what? To move forward. Don't trivialize the word of God. Every word that has come out from here, don't trivialize it. Don't trivialize today's message. Don't close your daughter after today and go back and drop it, waiting for another one next, next week. Go back and labor with it. Go back and what? Some of you, God has spoken. Some of you need to open your diary to what God spoke to you at the beginning of this year. What did God say to you that this year was going to be? You've left it. Go back to it. What, did, what was Paul's admonition to Timothy? He said that you should wage war by the prophecies which have what? Just spoke. Give me that verse. This charge I commit to you, 1 Timothy 1. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the word, to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, someone say by them, you may do what? Wage a water, a good warfare. Prophecy is not meant to be kept inside your notepad. The, the, the house of the word of the Lord is inside, not inside your notepad. It is the sword of the spirit by which you do what? You wage war. Ephesians 6, it says, holding the sword of the spirit, which is the word? The word of God. That word there is the remma of God. The word induces the word is God saying to you now. That's what you wage war. How do you wage war? You get back there and say, Father, God has spoken to me that I am in the season of spiritual migration. I believe that with all my heart. And in the name of Jesus, I move forward. That's how to wage war. That's how to take the word that God has spoken. And say, I must not remain the same in this season. God has spoken to me that I'm in a time of migration. And I must move forward. Spiritually, I'm moving forward. My career, moving forward. My relationship with God, moving forward. I make incremental progress. That's how to wage war. That's how to wage And you keep at it. You keep at it. You travel and travel and travel and travel until it begins to open up. Hallelujah. Scripture says that Elijah was a man of what? Of like passion. He said he prayed that there should not be rain. And there wasn't rain for what? Three years and six months. And the Bible says he did what? He prayed again. James chapter 1. And First Kings gave us an account of how he prayed again. He had just slaughtered, you know, the armies uh, of the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. The Bible says he went up to the mountain and told him. The Bible says Ahab, the king, the one who is supposed to take the mantle of responsibility for the nation. Say he have went to eat and to drink. But Elijah, Elijah went to the top of the mountain to pray. Don't be part of the company who have eaten and drinking when it is the season to travel for the promise of the Spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Don't be eating and drinking when it is what? 
is the season to bet the things of the spirit. That was Elijah went up there and he was praying. And he put his head in between his what? His tie. And he began to travel. And he sent to the young man. See, there was a song. He said, so go and check the clouds. The guy went. He said, I see nothing. He said, go back again. And again. And again. Up to the what? Does that sound like somebody with an expectation to you? He had entered into a, you know what they call, tartan mode. That I am not leaving this place until there is a manifestation. That was the posture of Elijah's heart. That should be the posture of your heart. You are not praying this season because you want to mark the calendar, your prayer calendar. You are praying because there is an expectation. You are saying to God, things must change. Things must not remain the same in this season. I am engaging heaven because I'm expecting a result. That is the attitude to have this season. The attitude of expectation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the attitude you have. That's the attitude you have. Don't be sluggish. Bible says in, in um, Hebrews chapter 6, said, do not be sluggish, but be partakers of those who do what? Faith and patience. Do what? Inherit the promise. Your expectation in this season must be to inherit what God has spoken to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, do not become sluggish. You know people who are sluggish? People who have lost hope. They have lost the fire. They've lost the drive. They are so bogged down, weighed down by all manner of weights and earthly connections and earthly, you know, entanglements. They are just there. No fire, no drive, no passion, no expectation, no hope. That's a bad place to be. That's a terrible place to be. When God cannot count on you. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, can't you wait with me for one hour? This is the hour of darkness. I need you to pray. The Bible said they were overcome with sleep. At the crucial, the most crucial moment in the history of the world, when God was going to change the order of things, they were caught sleeping. Don't be in that place where you cannot rise and muster strength. Don't be, don't, don't be Samson who has fellowshiped with a, with, with, a, with a fornicator and has, his strength has been taken from him and he did not know. What are the things that you have married that is sapping your strength from you? What are the things that you, have, you, 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 are, you, are, you are joined to that has taken away your virtue? And so when God comes calling, there is no power, there is no driving you to rise and do your duty. It's time to survive yourself from those things. Because now you are in the season of spiritual migration. So your head does not belong on the laps of a fornicator. You are a deliverer to Israel. Rise to your calling. Rise to your purpose. Rise to what God has made you. We have been waiting for you. I'm saying the whole world is groaning. Waiting for what, sir? The manifestation of who? The sons of God. Say, so in this tabernacle, we groan because we want to be clothed with the heavenly. The heavenly is coming. Prepare your ground for it. We are in the season of what? Spiritual migration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it was Joshua that said, was it Joshua or Moses that said, I choose you this day, whom you will what? Whom you would serve. Who? Joshua. God is saying to you, choose this day which company you are going to belong to. The company of those who will die in the wilderness. Or the company of those who will press over. Cross the Jordan and do what? And possess the promised land. But you cannot possess the promised land with the mindset of the wilderness. 
faith must rise. That's why we're singing, Father, let hope rise. Let hope rise. A new sense of vision. A new vision. A new perception. A new understanding. Let hope rise. Let it dispel the darkness of hopelessness. So that every eyes can see. Our eyes can see Christ. The one who is exalted. The one who is raised. And we can draw strength for him. Because when he is lifted up. What will he do? We draw all men. He said for and when Christ who is alive. Shall manifest. So we shall also be like him. It is time to see Christ. It's time to see the light. It is time to lift up your heads and say, I am ready to migrate. It's time for God to birth a new vision in your heart. Hallelujah. 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 Will you join me to pray this morning? Will you join me to pray this morning? Stand to your feet. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come and say to us, Lord, I choose to be part of the company that we cross over Jordan. I'm pressing to the promised land. That is what I choose. I choose the destiny of those. I choose the company of those who will cross over Jordan. Who will cross over Jordan? I'm not dying in this wilderness. I'm not dying in this wilderness. I am not dying with this status quo. No, I am changing state. I am migrating. Take this moment very seriously and pray. Hear me, Lord. I am waiting. I am waiting. I am waiting. Waiting for revival. Waiting for change. Waiting for migration. I don't belong to the group that has given up. I don't belong to the hopeless company. There is hope in my heart. I believe I can change. I believe I can be better. I believe I can move forward. I believe I can grow. I believe I can expand. I believe. And all things are possible to him that believes. You have said to me that all things are possible to him that believes. Lord, I believe. Let there be a manifestation of that which I believe. I believe. I'm waiting for your manifestation. All I want is to live within your love, be enthroned by who you are. My desire is to know you, Oh Lord, I will open up. Sing that song with determination in your heart. Yes, I am desperate for a touch. Oh, all I want is to live within your love. Yes, be undone by who My desire, my heart cry. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you better. Oh, Lord, I will Desperate for the touch. Say to him, Lord, I'm desperate. Oh, Lord, I want.
I open up my heart to you now. Oh, do what only you can. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us as a people. The season that we have come into is a very, very crucial season. It's a season to change states. It's a season of migration. And we don't yet have an idea, even though we can see the glimpses of it, the level of glory that's on the other side. And believe me, it's great. It's glorious. For what God has prepared for us is beyond our imagination. But we must leave this place. We must leave this estate. We must leave this tent. And we must move to the more glorious. Because that's our destiny. We are the righteous company. Our path shines brighter and what? And brighter onto the path of day. You know, from tomorrow, we're starting a corporate fast. You know, in conjunction with Lekki Church. As you're going to run from tomorrow to 21st of September, Pastor T will come and explain more when she's coming. But I just want to key that in. You know, and that very well keys into the push we need to make for us to move into our next season. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Are you hearing me? Scripture says, let him that has ears, do what? Hear what the what? The Spirit is saying. It's a time to push. This is not a time to prioritize comfort. This is not a time to, you know, be logical. It's the time to give everything 
for the purpose of God to be done. It's the time. Jesus said, my soul, I'm exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Yet he prayed. He set that feeling aside and did what? And prayed and received strength for the journey ahead. It is the season to receive strength. So I know the instruction is coming very suddenly. And some of you are not used to prayer, but you are fasting, but you won't die. Amen? So you won't die. You probably just lose weight, which is good for you. But much more, you will gain the glory of God. You will migrate spiritually. Father, I pray for your people. We stand before you, Lord, as your people, depending on your strength. Because we know that by human strength, we will not prevail. But we know that when we are endued with strength from above, nothing is impossible. So we stand with great expectation before you this morning as your people. And we pray for strength to come upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let there be a release of strength. In the name of Jesus. Let there be a release of strength. In the name of Jesus. Say the amen convincingly. I said, let there be a release of strength. In the name of Jesus. The strength to travel in this season. To give priority to prayer. To communion. To fellowship. To walking with you. To imbibing the word and meditating. To do everything that heaven requires us to do. So that the harvest can come. We receive grace to do it in the name of Jesus. And we pray against distraction. We pray against familiarity with the word. We pray against lack of sight. We pray against lack of discernment. We pray against, you know, hopelessness. That things that, those things, those walls, you know, and those strongholds that tie us to the current state. And that war against the movement of the spirit. We pray that you flush those things out of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Not a single one of us will be left unchanged. In the name of Jesus. This company, these people, this church, every single one of us will migrate into our promised land. In the mighty name of Jesus. We receive this grace this morning with faith and thanksgiving. In Jesus name.